Come on, everybody, it's time to listen in to an actor and a teacher who love their wrestling. No more division, forget those prejudices. The Wrestling Connection is here with Glenn and Chris. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wrestling Connection with myself, Glenn. I am a teacher. I am joined by my good close friend, compadre, and actor, Chris. He is an actor. And each week we sit down and we discuss the various ways which wrestling can connect us all in an age of increasing division. And today, dear listener, you plug in and you join us for episode number 67,925. Very much. Very Actually, much. It's just 67. We haven't quite got to episode 67,000, but I look forward from do- to doing that if, as long as I can plug in both my earphones and my catheter. Yes. Um, but uh, like I say, ladies and jelly spoons, my name is Glenn. I am joined by Chris. It is episode 67. And here's something I can't say very often. We're recording this remotely as usual, but I went and bloody saw you yesterday, didn't I, Chris? Yes, we had a wee, wee catch-up yesterday in person. Now, don't ask us why we did not bring the microphones and record something there and then. I know, um, that was weird. Maybe that should have been the, the plan. But it was also nice to not think about the podcast for a bit and just sit yeah. and catch up and stuff, you know? Absolutely. There was something delightfully simple about it. I liked it. I was a big fan of it. Uh, and and uh, I, I fear the COVID less and less in these scenarios. And I don't think I thought about COVID, even though we were putting masks on to go in and out yeah. and off to the loo and stuff. It's normal now, isn't it? Aye, it's totally normal. I wasn't thinking about it at all the whole time I was there. It was just nice to see my pal. Yes, because you're always like going for drinks and stuff with your friends that are like closer to home. So it's nice to probably like, come to like a different area and then like going for drinking stuff. Obviously, um, you have history in this sort of place that I live in, so it's probably nice and nostalgic for you to it be is. here. You know, so I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we did it. It was a good time, and we can do it far more often now that uh, rules allow it. But of course, I'll come over to your house and you can come over here and stuff when we record in future. But sometimes it's nice just to get a wee drink or two. You know what I'm saying? Aye, absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, I, and uh, sorry, go on. It. Sorry, I was just I was going to go off on another tangent there. On you, go. you, you were, and and you've learned from your mistake, and yep. you won't do it again, will you? Otherwise, it'll be a much more serious conversation we have now. I'm in teacher mode now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to teach, dear listener, in the same location, the same not the same location. I didn't teach in a pub restaurant, no, uh, but in the same house. in the same town where I met Chris. So it was weird because I was like. I'm going to bump into somebody because the the day or two days before I'd been in the city centre, right, mm-hmm. uh, to meet my pal Andrew, who's also a teacher in another school, uh, and I was meeting him in the city centre, and it was weird because I accidentally walked right onto the Indiana Jones set, and I got, <laughs> uh, I didn't notice all the flags and stuff, and then a woman with a high vis and a clipboard and a walkie-talkie came up to me and said, "Sir, you needed a, you need to leave." <laughs> I was like, oh, do I? Oh, sorry. So I walked and met him, Andrew. But when I came out of the train station. At Glasgow Queen Street, and this was the first time I'd been to Queen Street in in a year. Oh, really? Uh, that I I thought, oh, maybe I just put my mask on because it'll protect me from the sun, and it means if I bump into a pupil. And I'm yeah. thinking, come on, Glenn, you're teaching that one part of town. This is totally different. You're not going to bump into anyone. So I walked through a wee alleyway, uh, which you always pass when you're coming out of the Queen Street low level, which mm-hmm. takes you right on to Buchanan Street. And the minute I stepped into Buchanan Street, I saw. <laughs> It was a. I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. A boy that I taught this past year, and it was nice, right? But I, I was there in my shorts and like a Bailey Aye. t-shirt, you know, like I didn't. A hugger's gonna hug, you know, that 2018 <laughs> Bailey t-shirt. Um. So, 
I don't know. It was just uh, I get I get a bit anxious about not not that I'm like consider myself uh, somebody who would be recognised or anything I, like that. But I I just you know I like to keep the the work and the social life kind of that's separate. fair. And I think also it's a teaching thing, isn't it? Because you need to kind of have yeah. that some form of status, you know, as a teacher. Um, but yeah, you're acting like a celebrity, you know, walking about, have your mask on, your hat down, sunglasses <laughs> on, just so you don't get stopped for a picture. Well, I took your picture when we were in the pub and I posted it on the socials and it's a lovely wee selfie we've taken, isn't it? I actually love it. it, it I actually, I feel like I, I show a bit of youth comparable <laughs> to even yours. A, a degree right. of youth that I haven't felt nor, nor displayed in a very, very long time. A feeling I've not felt since... Name, name the film. I, sorry, no, no, I have to do I sense something, something I haven't felt since. One of the great unfinished sentences in cinema, cinematic history. He just walks just away. And they're like, since uh, when? Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, came out in 2005. Um, you are, Glenn actually had a great idea. He proposed to me yesterday when we were having drinks. I did propose to him, and we're getting to tie the knot in September. Can't wait. No, I'm already married. I'm already married. Yeah, I'm not, thanks. But he also mentioned uh, we should go to the Indiana Jones set, which for context, by the way, um, I'll tell the listeners out there that aren't from here they're actually filming the new Indiana Jones film in our hometown in Glasgow which is lovely and it's just a wee small part of Glasgow it's not like the whole town is being like, changed into mm. like New York City in whatever decade it is but yeah it's really cool and Glenn yeah. suggested that we get some high vis gear and a helmet and wear a mask and one of us will just guide each other onto the set and we'll go and take some pictures with some horses or something and could I just stress for our Glaswegian listeners that by high-vis gear, we mean equipment. We don't mean <laughs> any illegal substance. High-vis <laughs> high <vis> drugs. <laughs> but yes, that was, it was a good time. It was a good time. I'm glad we did it. And um, I'm bring up the, the, the selfie on the socials because we have some news to break, don't we, about the socials? Do we? Yes. They are both now under the same name. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten. I'd so forgotten. tell us, tell us, us doing that because you're the one that kind of changed it. What, what were you thinking? Well, the whole I, the whole thing was my art, uh, my idea. I said that like, and what were you thinking? I just mean I, like, tell us what. So what. it was like whatever. Like our Twitter was WrestleConnect one. Yes, that was Instagram, the one I didn't like. I didn't like WrestleConnect yeah, one. At I don't all. like the. I don't like putting numbers in there. And then uh, the Instagram was Wrestle Connection, I think. Yep. Or Wrestle Connect. Which I liked, but that's too long. Twitter wouldn't allow a handle like that. So, um, like, and you, we couldn't have the Twitter handle the Wrestling Connection because that's also too long, or even Wrestling Connection. Uh, well, actually, no, Wrestling Connection. I I think is like a suspended account. So I keep my eye on that. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but the WC Pod became available, and you raised the concern that it sounds a wee bit like the toilet. But really, who cares? That's yeah. like saying WCW was like. <laughs> toilet w you know uh, i know but i'm just thinking it's like the wc um but it's fine the, the fact that i always call it like twc and stuff doesn't it? so it's the kind of work it's, it's cool. i just i just want i just want them all i just want them all the same i went yeah. for twc pod first but that was that was taken yeah yeah i think that was like the original twitter handle that i tried to get back in like the spring of 2020 like i wanted it to be like TWC pod or wrestling connection pod and stuff, but it's either too long and already taken or wasn't applicable or whatever. So, luckily, and it is much easier now, having Instagram and Twitter, both of them the same handle, the WC pod. That's T H E T H E T H E W C P O D, not Ray Mysterio's theme song. So, or the D O W G. 
for the Daily WG. So we can always say things like, follow us on social media, the WC pod, not water closet. Brilliant. I should be Is that what WC slogan. stands for? Water closet? It's like the toilet, yeah. My God, I've just learned something. Listen, every day's a school day, and today is Friday, which we never recorded on a Friday. <laughs> is it and Friday? Today is Friday, isn't it? Yes. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at that blissful state in the summer holidays where I just don't know. I'll tell you about, or you've got that stage in age where you don't know what day it is. Oh, that's true. That's um, cool. But do you remember in like 2018 when Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank ladder match? Was it 2018 <laughs> or 2019? Whatever year he won, I think it was 19. He won the Money in the Bank for some reason. Mm hmm. And uh, he was attacking whoever was the champion. I think maybe it was Rollins or something at the time. Maybe Reigns. And uh, he's on Raw and he's got him in a kind of like weird position where he's going to try and cash in. And there was one of those Saudi Arabia shows happening on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And Paul Heyman was like, cash in, Brock, cash in now. And Brock was just kept going, Friday, Friday. And Heyman's like, why, why Friday? And Lesnar's just going, Friday. So now when it's Friday, I think of my Lesnar. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So we uh, we at the Wrestling Connection are big fans of uh, another Glasgow-based but infinitely more successful uh, podcast, which is Inside the Ropes. And of course, Inside the Ropes are known for their magazine and their live events. And yes. you know we're coming out of a pandemic, we bloody well hope. When they announce a show, and it's been a, a very big show that they've announced indeed, Chris. I'm sure you've seen this in the uh, socials. Yes, I love the pun. <laughs> the first big show since COVID. Inside the Rose are bringing Paul White. That's Paul White! Over to the UK for three nights. I believe it's Glasgow, London, and is it Birmingham? Manchester, 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 yeah. So that'll be awesome. I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go, Chris. I, I think I'm, I'll go too, yeah. I'm running out of meter wrestler stories anyway. <laughs> so, it'll be weird though, because you need to stand a meter away from him, which I suppose is the big show though. If you're going to stand a meter away from anybody, you'd probably be okay with that for the big show. because Yeah, that'd be a good picture to take. I mean, the camera guy's going to step a few steps further back than usual, but uh, that's going to be really cool having a picture right next to the big show. How cool is that going to be able to see? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't know what to get signed. Yes, I would always need to order something. I like, I like the look of autographs on figures. I don't know about you. I just think it looks I, cool. I am. I can I can I tell you something? Yeah, please. That's what podcast is. <laughs> An action figure is my least favorite thing to see signed. Really? Wow. I think it's just because it's just a wee bit of thin plastic. It's. I think it looks dead tacky. I've Not never really, liked okay. it. Never liked it. Well, I'll just um, go and sell all my autograph figures then. Thanks for yeah, that. no, listen, listen, loads of people collect them. I'm, I'm a minority, yeah. right? Um, and I'm not saying that if I had a figure, I wouldn't get it signed. But they're awkward to transport, they're or keep True. in good condition, you know. And whereas I, I'd much rather get a book or a DVD or an 8x10, you know, I'm, I'm happy. 8x10s are cool for the wall or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's 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 a good idea. I just like the look of the figures with like the, the back card and stuff with the pictures on there, and they're always nostalgic to me. Wrestling figures, I just love if you can get it signed in a different color or whatever. Um, it's, it's the way that you see some that have just been signed by somebody with a black, um, yeah, sharpie, and they look really like that looks like a, the wrong kind of pen. If you get like I've seen Scott McGowan post ones with like the guys do it with like really blue nice, like, yeah. blues and pinks or see see a Bret Hart figure signed in a pink pen. Oh, yeah, I like, look at that. I want my my Kane figure that I have. He signed it in gold. It looks amazing. Mm. Yeah, um, he did. He did my magazine in a silver. I think he had loads of different pens. Yeah, um, but <laughs> you want you like? to sign in red. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Good was point. your red? Where was your red pen, Kane? 
Where was yes. it? See if he's not signing all of his executive mayoral orders. <laughs> and A, in Red Ink, but also in that big scrawly cane that I used to do. Sorry, I, Chris, I've just sworn and that's given you a bit of work to do now. I know, Sorry. Time code that. Um, now, I hope you now when, when Kane texts, I hope he uses the wee fire emoji all the time, you know? I just have this uh, <clears throat> image of him doing that, you know? Did you notice that um, Kane's WWE Twitter um, shared, retweeted and commented on a, a post from the Glenn Jacobs Twitter when Glenn Jacobs was working out and lifting like uh, dumbbells or something and Kane just retweeted about saying like nice arms or something like that or looking good <laughs> like you're literally talking to yourself now you yeah, saw that with Virgil didn't we someone posted a twitter a posted a twitter start again Chris someone posted an Instagram post of Bobby Lashley and Stone Cold Steve Austin and the amazing talent that was Virgil of the new generation era or even just pre the new generation era mm. commented saying oh these guys are trying to steal my haircut <laughs> <laughs> and then he replied to himself in another comment with the same account at the real Virgil, just saying something like, "Hey man, y'all don't say that." I mean, I, I, I don't. I, sometimes I get annoyed at myself for even thinking about Virgil because I feel like we've only got so much time on this planet, and I shouldn't exactly. be wasting it. But I, you know, something's just come to mind here, and it's a wee bit unrelated. The only thing that it has in common is that it's wrestling related, but I've just realized... You know how I told you I was in town, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I noticed something, which we've maybe briefly talked about before. You're in... You imagine that you're out in the city centre and it's dead busy. And you see somebody with a wrestling t-shirt on. Right. Now, I've, ha- I've told stories on this podcast. Like, I told my first ever student placement as a teacher when I was in teacher training... I was walking for getting a school tour in, in my first ever school uh, on a non-uniform day and this this child walks past me and she's wearing a Nia Jax t-shirt and I went, oh, you're not like most girls. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not like most girls. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, um, I was, uh, my friend Andrew and I, like we did the Anna Jones set and then we went and had lunch at Stereo in Glasgow. Stereo, <laughs> which is known for being a place where Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella go for lunch in oh, Glasgow really? whenever nice. they were in town. And certainly it, they were there the, the weekend or the weekdays that they were here for the SmackDown taping that we, we were both at together. Um, and speaking of uh, somebody who I always will associate with SmackDown, even though it's not his current brand right now, um, I was eating lunch with my friend Andrew and he is not remotely a wrestling fan at all. He doesn't know anything about it. Uh, and we're kind of chatting away and we're sitting by a window and I'm telling him something about, you know, maybe school or Luna or something like that. And I'm giving it this, that and that. And then I just stopped and went, look, that he's wearing an AJ Styles t-shirt. <laughs> and I realized this is something I do, whether or not my audience is con- remotely cares. Yeah. Even if you're a wrestling fan, is it that big a deal? I mean, I, I, I remember- don't know, but I always take note when I see someone wearing a wrestling top, you know? Yeah. I always think, and I always wonder, because there's been a nightclubs and stuff, and someone's been wearing Bullet Club tops and Baller Club tops, and I went up and two-sweeted mm. them. But that's after a couple of drinks, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would do that walking down Sucky O Street, you know? No, I, the only one I've had is when I used to wear an ICW beanie and I walked past a dude in town with the same beanie on, and we'd both kind of looked at each other and just went, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's always a, it's always a fun uh, position to be in, because it's like, if you know, you know. You know what I mean? And it's like you're one of us, one of us. And I like that. If you're going to be part of my team, part of my crew, part of my gang, come join my nation of domination. Um, Wait, 
I did I ever tell you that the Nation of Domination theme I first heard in WWF Warzone, mm. and it used to scare me. It's quite a scary opening bit, isn't it? I used to feel like like because I knew like roughly who the Nation of Domination were. Because of the game, so I knew like Farouk and Rocky Maivia were in it because they were they both had that music yeah. in the game, and I'd seen like images of all of them, and they're an imposing bunch of guys. And because they never smiled, you know, apart from the Rock, who would do the kind of cocky smile, right? Yeah. And that was the whole thing between him and Farouk. Um, but I always imagined like a thousand of them, a thousand Nation of Domination members, yeah, like singing that and marching towards me, and I get really scared. That is quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> or like ten thousand up to me going. We are the nation of domination, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> could you imagine ten thousand Farooks marching? That's the name of this episode. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, yes, and, and like early ninety-seven, like from Roy Rumble to like. Are you alright? Sorry. <laughs> what happened there? I just went. Damn. Oh god, it was just all static in my ears. I was like, "Oh, oh sorry." <laughs> oh, <laughs> Someone may have passed out or something. No, it's like early '97 between like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and stuff, where like there's lots of members of the nation, and they had mm. someone coming out like rapping the theme song and stuff. That was like the nation at like loads of numbers. But then I hit like its peak like around WrestleMania 14, didn't it? When it was like The Rock and D'Lo mm. and our and our friend of the show, Cameron Mustafa, and people like that. You know, like I was. It's a good group. Maybe underrated as well, Mark Henry as well. Um, yeah. Underrated maybe in terms of the significance of the group, but they didn't have very many good matches. I must say that for free. I mean, it wasn't a very good era for good matches. You know, it was, no, a, it was an era for good characters and over yeah. stars. It wasn't an era for good matches. But here, you mentioned uh, theme songs that are memorable. We had something very special happen in wrestling this week and something that I've been clamoring for for years. Well, you saw the writing on the wall. I did. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I was. Going, I was. I wish I had something loaded up there, but I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Time has come and gone. I mean, um, so yes, Jeff Hardy is is using his old theme song once again. No more words. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I want it so much. I just feel like I just feel a sense of accomplishment when that happened. Like we did it. You know, what I mean, this is something that like, as wrestling fans we have been moaning about, and it's not. If this didn't happen ever, right? It's not as if it would make any difference to Jeff Hardy and his career and his legacy and anything like that. They don't... I mean, Jeff Hardy clearly cares because he's a big music guy and stuff, but like Vince and the writers and whoever else don't care what song he came out to, right? Unless it's yeah. like Karrion Cross, for example, when NXT, we needs that entrance. Apparently, mm-hmm. because on Raw, when he doesn't have that entrance, he's not going to look as cool. Um, So Jeff has been saying he want, if he's going to be singles, he wants this song. He said it on the Fox show um, with Renee Young and that kind of like let the spark a little bit and all of us fans who remember that era of Jeff Hardy and that song fondly were like, yes, that's the Jeff Hardy we know and love. Um, and in terms of me, as a, as a youngster at that age, Jeff Hardy was my absolute hero. He yeah. was my favourite wrestler in the world and, and like is even since I was a wee boy and even to this day, theme songs and the entrances and the presentation is just as important as anything else. Of course. It's Literally so anything else, right? It's what, it's what distinguishes sports from sports entertainment. It's such yeah. a big part of it. Don't tell me that you don't go to like an NBA game and if they didn't play the Seven Nation Army or they didn't play the theme songs for the teams coming out, it wouldn't be as good. Of course, like it's it's part of the atmosphere, it's part of the experience of being at the show and just being a fan. 
and and you become like a fan of the. This has happened so many times. I've become a fan of a wrestler based on their theme song or because I like their entrance. You know what I mean? Um, so just this idea that Jeff Hardy, who is my favorite wrestler, who was my idol at the time, had this really cool song. And of course, I love the Hardy Boys music. It's mm-hmm. it's great. Um, Matt Hardy went solo and got this really great theme song, Live for the uh-huh. Moment by Monster Magnet. And Jeff always just stuck with the Hardy Boys one. And then in 2008, you got this band called End Ever After, who have uh, apparently broken up now, um, to do this song called No More Words. And it was Jeff Hardy's anthem. And it was like that journey of we wanted Jeff Hardy to win the championship and he was like the underdog and he was never in position to be the world champion. And it was like this big build and he was he was so hot at the time and so much momentum and he finally won the title and it was this big thing and he was the most popular guy in wrestling and this was his song. You know, so I just have such a soft spot for this song. And was there was there ever really a, if you look at his entire career, was there ever a, a, a more significant, a more joyous era of his career because i mean i mean i mean mainly solo because obviously we can look to the hardy boys yeah. stuff but but as you're saying and as jeff has said you know you know in the in his post raw interview that you know that that hardy boys theme is is is, is iconic especially to me because you know i that, i i kind of that really became aware in wrestling when the hardy boys and, yeah. and team extreme were were, were kind of coming into their own so i do love loaded like the original theme so yeah. much um, but no more words. When I think of that, I think of Armageddon two thousand eight. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, and kind of, I always wish that he had pulled like the upset of the century and beaten Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble away. And you yeah. knew he wasn't going to because he was so over then. I don't think he was, he was. ever more popular that than he was then. Um, but oh, kind of, even he got suspended, didn't he? But like, if he didn't got suspended, if he hadn't got suspended, sorry, I think he was actually lined up to win that year's Money in the Bank, was he not? I think so, but I would have loved to have seen him like win against Randy Orton, like in the same way that he bet Triple H on SmackDown. Doesn't even need to be a clean win and lose it the next night to Randy Orton. By all, yeah. like, I wanted that for Jeff, but I actually would happily trade that in for part of me. What we got at Armageddon two thousand eight. I mean, you beat, you beat Triple H and Edge. Yes. Yes, it's not even like one of my favourite matches or anything, but it's one of my favourite moments and title changes of all time. Because it was like, I would, I can... So the people in the crowd are like jumping, right? And mm-hmm. like, I remember like being a young guy and just and just jumping for joy in my room watching this. And I can get, I can like catapult myself right back to that now when I watch that clip and just being so happy. You know what I mean? That's what wrestling's all about. It's supposed to bring smiles to people's faces. As they always say, Jeff was my man. He was the most over person in the whole business. He was so hot that whole year. Um, and obviously he was his own worst enemy at some times, but that's always been the story of the Hardy Boys, isn't it? And how they've been yeah. able to overcome that and stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, just I look back at that time in Jeff Hardy and just look at one of my heroes and that was the soundtrack to that time because it was Jeff Hardy. I, like, if I was doing backyard wrestling, I'd come out to that song or I would always, like, I remember it came out on the CD, WWE, the music volume nine or something mm-hmm. maybe? Mm-hmm. Eight. Volume eight. Volume eight. And, and I was in Centre Parks on a family holiday, right? Which is like this sort of um, holiday residential area in Cumbria in England and it's like in the forest, right? And you go to lodges and stuff. So there's very little Wi-Fi and service and not many TV channels. So there was nothing really on that I could watch in terms of like me wanting to watch wrestling all the time. This is around 2008 sort of time, 2009 even. 
and uh, they had no merchandise on sale that was wrestling. I brought some wrestling figures with me to play with and stuff, but like I always just wanted to go and get something there that was involved in wrestling. And yep. we were watching like whatever TV channel was on in the lodge in the middle of the forest, right? And an advert came on for this CD, WWE, the music volume eight or something. And I was like, oh my God, like it's in, it's in Center Parks and the song, like the main song in that CD was No More Words. Absolutely. And there was, there was like a wee sort of supermarket and the center parks bit that had like cds and i was like dad we have to go and see if they had it and like it was my it was my goal that holiday to get to this wee shop and buy this dvd or sorry buy this cd remember cds god i know but and and listen to no more words on holiday and evidently they did not have it i had to wait till i got home and went to asda but it was just Mm -hmm. fun to think about like i just wanted that song so badly because you had to own the song back in the day you couldn't just go on spotify and play it i uh I think that no more words might be one of no more words. I think uh, volume eight might have been one of the last CDs I bought again for the same reason because I, I wanted to copy the theme. And I was seventeen at the time, so you could argue right. that I was a little bit further past. Like, but I never stopped loving Jeff Hardy though. I you could I, I, I it sucked me back in, and I am um, I hope that him having this theme back is more than just a little aesthetic change, yep. and I hope it. As you know, as much as I raised an eyebrow at the way that Carrying Cross was used that episode of Raw, I do hope that for Jeff, this signals the beginning of a fitting last run, or or at least just a fitting run for him. Because I'm not saying he needs another world title run. I'm not saying he needs to be the guy or be beating Bobby Lashley. I just want him to do something that's a bit more befitting a legend. He is a legend, and I hate to be Mr. Smarky. I just I feel a little bit sad when I see. I mean, I know he's been picking up a few more wins recently, yeah. but yeah, when, on the whole, how this past year has gone for him. So I, I hope that we see a, a change with James. Yes. Um, how would you feel about him having a match with Karrion Cross at SummerSlam for the NXT title? How cool would that be? That would be cool. I would love want it to be ultra competitive. And um, and here's the thing, I, the, you know, I would. I would like the, the objectively like, of course, Karrion Cross has to win that convincingly, and they should bring in his valley and they should do yes you know and they should have him beat jeff and that'd be a really good for him but the wee boy me actually wants him to win the nxt title do you know what i mean you know it'll be a takeover thing for for carrying cross but i'm sure yes. i'm sure they could have a match at SummerSlam as well if you're if you're wwe wanting to sell tickets in that stadium obviously you've got it made now with like cena and reigns and lashley and goldberg but stick jeff hardy on a match He's also a big name, so yeah. you know, don't don't not use him. You know, yeah, don't just put him on the kickoff show and have it be this unannounced thing. Yeah, it's going to be crossing Senor Joe, isn't it? At the takeover. So that's what the takeover match is going to be. In I, I hope so. Joe's that'd probably be, going to win the title again. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I was just saying about no more words. I was so happy to have it back. And do you remember, like he kind of announced it. He was like, "When I come back from, you know, my surgery, his last injury, whatever, I'm going to use no more words." And it was one of the performance center shows, right? Like in April of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I like I like stayed up. <laughs> I stayed up to watch the show because oh, I wanted man. to see no more words. It was his feud with Seamus at the time. Aye. Seamus comes out and I was like, here we go. And of course it was just doom, 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 doom. And it was the loaded song. And I was like, I, I love that song, but I was so disappointed to hear it. And I just went, I'm going to bed. So then he kind of announced that he was going to, when fans come back, it's going to be no more words. But I mean, talk is cheap, you know, which I, I believe is also a lyric in no more words. I thought, I thought it was, I know, I thought, I thought that was him just, you know, sometimes he's a wee bit. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't always, 
I thought it was rubbish. I didn't believe a word. Believe it when I see it. Believe it when I hear it. I just thought because Vince is this weirdly stubborn guy and he gets stubborn about the strangest things. And I just think he probably didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Jericho. Didn't Jericho wanted to come out to like a Oh, a Slayer song or something in 2012 when he was doing this end of the world gimmick thing mm-hmm, he wanted right. to come out to a, a new theme song and Vince was like no your theme song is evergreen everyone knows your theme song that's the Chris Jericho anthem and he was right you know what I mean like in Chris Jericho and WWE I need to hear Break the Walls Down but this is like a little bit of a um, an exception to that rule because the Loaded song is the Hardy Boys song mm-hmm. you know what I mean Live for the Moment is the Matt Hardy song No More Bloods is the Jeff Hardy song so when it, came you, out, when it came out on Raw, I jumped off my couch. I was so happy. Yeah, here's a question for you. you just, just the kind of riffing off something you just said. It's not Jeff Hardy related. You mentioned Jericho and theme music. Now, I, 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 I do think we'll see Jericho back in WWE one day, whether, the, whether or not that's an active wrestling thing or just a cameo or certainly yep. a Hall of Fame induction. Fame, I, I, yep. think, I think he's on good terms with him and it'll definitely happen. I, there is no question in my mind. You know, that he, in some capacity, big or small, cameo or a run, Hall of Fame induction, whatever, we will see him one day again. But here's my question. How can you possibly put Chris Jericho in front of a live WWE crowd right. and not have the fans? The fans will still sing Judas. Yeah, They will, especially if it's raw. They'll sing it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he'll come out to his WWE theme, but fans will sing Judas. They'll definitely do it as Hall of Fame induction, without a doubt. Yeah, they'll probably play it for that. Um but yeah, I just don't think WWE would pay. Because that was the thing, like, Jericho, he came out of the of the Tokyo Dome, right? Mm-hmm. In New Japan, for the first time he wrestled Omega and everything was fine. And then New Japan were like, oh wait, we need to pay for these these songs? So then mm-hmm. every time after that, he'd come out for New Japan, he'd be using Judas, but on the stream that we watch on New Japan World, the on-demand service, it's yeah. dubbed this weird rock song. Because, and it comes up as like text thing saying, uh, music altered because of copyright prices or something. I and I was like, well, so... It's Jericho's song that he sings, and yep. his band wrote, and he can't he can't use the song. It's but it's not as simple as Jericho just saying, "I you can use course, my song," because because it's his record company, isn't it? Of course, but you can't tell Jericho that though. Do you know what I mean? Jericho was like, "What is this?" and he was raging. So that's when it came to like AEW is making sure they were buying the song, and it looks like AEW are well up for paying for music, and we love to see it because I, I miss. Um, although I love a lot of the theme songs in WWE right now. I kind of miss having like song songs, like this yeah, fire burns yeah. and burning my light and glass shatters and things like that, you know, and no more words. So uh, great to have it back and stuff. If you could bring back any other theme songs, Glenn, what else would you bring back? Um, First, well, I don't, right, this this isn't a proper answer. I don't know why this has come to mind because it's not even somebody who's like relevant in terms of on screen. But see when Jeff Jarrett came back at the Royal Rumble, I didn't yep. want that theme. I wanted down now. Absolutely. Oh dear. Um let me think. I mean I would have loved... TNA song's great. You heard that one? The... No, no, don't even no, it gives me a headache every time. All right. Um I am um, I always loved um uh oh no uh, oh, do you know what I would have loved to have seen? Uh and we'll probably never see it now. I would love to have seen Matt Hardy have one last entrance to live for the moment. Yeah. You know, that would have been cool, you know, in, in the in his last run, you know, especially when, especially when in those last few months and like, you know how like in February 2020, he was like doing the stuff of Randy Orton. Yeah. Like, you know, why? There's no need for him to use the Hardy Boys theme then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one I remember saying online was Seamus for written in my face. 
Um, I actually like his current song, and I do too. I think it's like the the song of the of this current Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Written in my face is so like World Heavyweight Championship Sheamus. You know what but I mean? Similarly, you know, a lot of people talk about Drew's uh, theme. Right, right. Uh, I think if Drew ever turns heel, he should have that. But I don't. I don't think yeah. it suits his current character. I totally agree. I mean, Broken Dreams is an. I mean, oh god, I love that song. And and I was a perfect age. You know what I mean? Loving yeah. the heels and that song was so great. And my mate Grant used that theme song as as his backyard wrestling character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. The cur- I mean, the current Drew song's amazing. You know what I mean? That's like the Absolutely. war song for Drew, you know? Yeah. And then we had them um, Christian coming out in AEW to his old TNA song. If he ever yeah. comes out to WWE, which he won't do, right? I don't think so anyway. Um, I won't just close your eyes, but I want the female version. It was so much better. Like in 2005 and 6 and 7. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know what always bothered me is whenever Edge and Christian did like a cameo thing and like after Edge's retirement, they always came out to Alter Bridge. I, yeah, like, did, I, yeah. I wanted them to come out to you think you know me because yeah, that's the Edge and Christian song laugh. absolutely yeah, and they never did not even in 2011 they had a, they tagged on Raw in 2010 or 2011 um, for a match oh that would have been great if they came out the crowd and stuff that would have been amazing they, like why not give us that you know you know, in the same way that um, the Rockers reunited on Raw and, and they yeah. wore the tassels and they had the Rockers theme yeah. that would have been cool yeah, it would have been right if they came out to show Sexy Boy <laughs> <laughs> Marty Janetti going down. Marty Janetti still can't walk. Right. Um, yes. Any, any. I mean, I was going to say any other theme songs, but we could be here all day talking about theme songs because that's a whole episode. It truly um, is. And talking we about have theme songs. Talked, we have talked for thirty-three minutes. I'm quite yeah. Impressed. Let's uh, let's move on to our main topic of conversation. Would you like a toilet break, young sir? Uh, I, I, I'm going to say yes, and I will use the toilet because that would be sensible. But do you know one thing I've fallen in love with, Chris? Is non-alcoholic Gordon's gin because Ooh. Chris, I love gin, and I love drinking copious amounts of gin. But I don't love doing damage to my liver, and I don't love um, being drunk, and I don't love hangovers. Yeah, I don't like being drunk either. So, and the most non-alcoholic versions don't really taste like that. But see, this Gordon's non-alcoholic gin—you wouldn't know. It's amazing. <laughs> so I, I've just ne- like see since in the half an hour we've been doing this, I've I've had a big, massive fake gin and it is delicious and i feel not sluggish i feel lively so you get the best of both worlds you get the taste but not the come down i like that i like that well don't go have a fake pee go have a real one <laughs> i'm gonna have a real pee and a fake gin right uh, get the jingle <laughs> yeah, just do the toilet just take the toilet break one off the shelf all right okay here and, it is. Uh, we'll <laughs> okay and it's right next to wwe the music volume eight nice and, one and it goes no 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 there you go, right? I'm going to make a tea, you go for a pee. You do the actual music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Toilet break. Ooh, yeah. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, what a song. You know how songs just have like a... I was going to have a sound obviously they do, but like they have like a like a feeling behind them, like it just takes you back to where you were when you first heard it and when it was like the main song. Yeah, totally. Like, that song is absolutely the same for me. It's like when you hear Why? old like I actually did a song, you're like, oh, right back in the nineties. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know what does that for me? Wig- Wigfield Saturday night. Saturday night, love that song. Uh, we're speaking about theme songs that we'd want people to use. Well, all these rumours right now of CM Punk going to AEW, I 
would never be disappointed if I seen him, right? But if he did not come out with a cult of personality, something would be missing, I think. Yeah, I, for me, it would need to be. I feel like it, he will because Tony cannot buy the rights to it. He did it in UFC. Yeah. Unless, unless he wants to, like, he has, like, a creative reason to not do it. I mean, the kill switch yeah. engaged song was cool, but I think it WWE was. owned that. Yeah, yeah, I think they do as well. And and the cult personality, it's just it's easy enough to buy the rights to that because UFC, but UFC don't pay for the songs anyway because they don't license them. They just play them in the arenas and just kid on that they don't mean for the cameras to pick up, which is nonsense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was so happy because cult personality again is his song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If Punk was, to, if everyone had this song where you walk out of a room into another room and your song plays, if Punk was doing that, it would be cult personality all the time, not on this nonsense used on the indies or you know, this fire buns or anything. It's got to be that. Same with Daniel Bryan, but it would be, but it's going to be either the final countdown by Europe as his song, yeah. or it would be Rise of the Valkyries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Anyway. I, um, I hope I hope we see cult personality. And do you hear the thing with, with Bryan though? The Rise of the Valkyries, like they could do that. They could easily just make their own rock version. Their own of version, that. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, WWE don't own that. So, that's oh, that's interesting. I wonder what they will do. Yes. All right. Well, we can all speculate, but we don't need to speculate on is if the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, are nice humans or not. Glenn, <laughs> let's do an an Glenn, let's do an edition of Meet a Wrestler and a rare joint story. Put the drugs down. We're not talking doobies. We're Sorry, talking. Matt Riddle. Sorry, Matt Riddle. <laughs> Bro. Bro. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Jinx, let's tell the story of when we both met the Viking Raiders, or as they were known at the time, War Machine. Meet a wrestler, we met a wrestler in the flesh. Ooh, yeah. Here we go, you ready? You ready for this? You ready for this, everybody? Now, um, thank you for playing the jingle, Chris. Now, I had no idea, I didn't know you met them as well. Were you there that night? Yes. What are you talking about? We did it together. We met them at the exact same time. What? Really? <laughs> How many drinks did you have at <laughs> this show? Oh, my God. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, Chris, you can Obviously, had a, had a lasting impression on you in my youth. I think I was more struck by um, Eric and Ivar. Uh, <laughs> and Ivar, and... yes. Um, I'll tell you what, then. I'll tell, you, I'll tell my end of the story, and then you can retort. Okay, go for it. All right, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was in, uh, this was, I believe this was, was this the day of WrestleMania 33? Because it was April 2017. Yeah, I think it was. And it was the Barras in Glasgow with the ICW show Barramania, which is a name I've always loathed, always fear and loathed. Um, and I just, I hate the I hate that idea of being a show. But anyway, um, they had lots of imports on this show, lots of big names. I believe the main event was Demo and Joe Coffey. Yeah, because Joe Coffey won the world title that night. Yeah. And oh, did, did Wolfgang cash in this thing? I don't know. It's, it, some of the shows kind of ran together around that time, but it was a good show anyway. And I, it's actually quite a good venue for um, for wrestling, the Barras. It's actually really good. There's a low ceiling and stuff, you know. And the, the Square Go show in 2016, they were talking about all the time. That was there, and that was great atmosphere and stuff. So it was Barramania, and they had this big six-pack match with like lots of different members of the roster, and they also had two people from other places coming into that match. They had Flash Morgan Webster, who is now in NXT UK, someone I did not like at the time, and now I'm very, uh, I like him a little bit more now in NXT UK, part of that tag team subculture. And uh, M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, also known as Son of Havoc from Lucha Underground, 
Um, I was a big fan of him on the Indies. I've not seen him in a long time. Um, What's his story? Where's he gone? Don't know. I don't know why he's not training somewhere. Why AEW have not hired him? I have no idea. Um, from what I know, a great guy. Obviously, he was kicked off tough enough in the second episode by Stone Cold because he couldn't cut a promo and didn't have enough um, testosterone for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, that guy does really, really well. I mean, that guy was that guy's amazing in the I mean, ring. He seems to me like a natural fit for the kind of AEW kind of feel. And NXT, even? NXT? Yeah, NXT. I feel like in AEW, though, there's maybe... I don't know where I'd stick him, but I'd love, love to see him and Pac go at it. Him and Pac and, and Matt Seidel and people like that. They'd have mm, great matches. Yeah. Andrade? God. Yeah. See, so he's great. So they were in that. And then also they had the War Raiders in, or as they were known as, as the time, uh, the War Machine, Hanson and Rowe. And at the time, they were the IWGP Tag Team Champions. So that was yeah. cool to see the belts there. Um, and I actually have the champions at you know at the Barras doing this match. Don't know who they wrestled. Can't remember. Might have been Polo Promotions. I think it was. I think it was like the kind of. I think it was that kind of military version of Polo Promotions that they, yeah. they laterally did. Yeah. Which was um, uh, Mark Coffey and Jackie Polo. Yes. Although I loved Polo Promotions, nothing quite beats just justice, Jackie Polo. That was, <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, but yes, that was a good match and stuff. And then at the end of the show, we were heading out. We were getting whatever a beer before the end of the show. Whatever I we were heading out to kind of like the concession stand, but and. Matt Cross was there, and he was signing autographs, taking some pictures, trying to sell some merch. And uh, I was like, oh, Matt, I'm such a big fan. Can I take a picture? Took a picture of me and Matt Cross. Flash Morgan Webster photobombed me, and I was gutted because I'd, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Flash Morgan. <laughs> and I liked Matt Cross. And actually, a friend of the show, Luke Ryan, who controls the YouTube channel I've spoken about before, Razor Wire Reviews, used mm -hmm. to do backyard wrestling in Wales with Flash Morgan Webster, which is mm. mad to think the fact that he's in NXT UK now. And actually, Luke actually backyard wrestled Will Osprey, who was just the IWGP world champion, which That's is mental. nuts, absolutely nuts. Uh, so yeah, so I met Matt Cross and briefly met Flash Morgan. Walked as if I was going back into the sort of uh, main hall for the, for the rest of the show. And there was uh, Eric, who at the time was Roe, which is his real name, Raymond Roe. Uh, was standing there like trying to sell me a t-shirt just holding the t-shirt in his hand just going no can I interest you in a war machine t-shirt and I was like I'm sorry I don't have any money which was a total lie it's like what you say to people when, when they ask you for money on the street I know um, and I said that to Pete Dunne <laughs> <laughs> I did so I, I just bought I literally just bought one off um, uh, what's his name uh, he's the Irish one he was the cruiserweight champion Jordan Devlin Jordan Devlin I just bought one he was like right next to him and then Pete Dunne was like hey you want a t-shirt I was like, oh, that was my last 20. It wasn't. You just scared me. Give me, give me the Pete Dunne impression again. You want one of my t-shirts? He's got some raspy voice, the boy, doesn't he? I know, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so that was that. I just kind of blew off the Viking Raider. And then after the show, we were leaving. All of us, it was me, you, Fraser. I believe Robert was there. I don't know. Nah, it was my pal, Kieran. All right. And uh, we go out to the foyer and they're the Wall Raiders and the Viking Raiders, the same team. We're just standing there trying to sell people t-shirts and we took some pictures. So I have a nice picture with both Viking Raiders. I don't know if you have a picture with the Viking Raiders, but I know you've got a part of the story which is very funny. Please continue. Yeah, so like, I, I'm sorry. I do remember that you were there now because Kieran and I bought the tickets and I knew you were going and we bumped, we met at the show and we all we all hung, hung out together. I remember yeah. Fraser being there too. Um, oh, that's my bum phone. And that... Go for it. Nah, hold on. 
I'll pay her, I'll pay her back. I'll call her back. Um, I use still game. That's a still game theme that I use for my mum phoning because uh, she's still game in her age. Um, nice. so uh, I, I would do it now. Here's the first thing. Joe Coffey, I think, cashed in that night. Or no, or he beat somebody. Wolfgang cashed in or something, no? Well, Joe Joe ended the show as world champion, and I'll tell you okay. how I know that. Because he at the, the very end of the show, he ran into the crowd with his belt uh, and then went behind one of the merch bits and started selling T-shirts and stuff. And he was just, a, he'd, he was, he'd freshly turned heel. So, right. And he came in, and I was one of the first ones out into the foyer when he was there. And there were very many people. So he sort of half cut a promo in the foyer, but there was like five people there. It's like, I'm going to take fucking pictures and do effing merchandise. So he was like doing this weird hybrid of being nice because he wants your money, but also being yeah. a heel. Yeah. Um, so I, I just went up to him and said, can I get a picture of Joe? And I've got a picture of me and Joe Coffey and him holding up the world title, but he's also giving the middle finger. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. That's classy. Yeah. I bet I walked up to him and I said, hey, Joe, can you do a kip up from the ground? And he would have went, no. I would, uh, we, I'll show we you. We call back. We call um, back. Okay, I've just sent you my pictures with the Wall Raiders and Matt Cross and Flash Morgan through Messenger. If you want to have a look, through, oh Facebook Messenger. Yes, Ooh, yes. Because the because yeah. the pictures are on my hard drive, not my phone. Ah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so there's me with the with the Viking Raiders doing the whole hand signal thing. I'm looking very happy, and then the picture with Matt Cross and Flash Morgan. I'm looking a bit pissed off because I did not want Flash Morgan in that picture. I remember this now. Um, so I am um, I. Uh, I remember, first of all, um, seeing the the Viking Raiders there, seeing um, Eric and Ivar, seeing Rowan Hansen. And when I think of Hansen, I just think of do drop a dap a dap a dap do wap a dap dap da dap bye for nothing do drop <laughs> do um, drop <laughs> um, so. I Piper Niven slash Dewdrop, who was at that show, and I believe jumped off a cage. If I'm getting, not getting them mixed up, yeah, maybe getting them mixed up. Um, and um, so. My memory of it is this: going up to them, and they just—they se- seemed they had this exuding,ly warm nature about them. They were so nice and welcoming. As Absolutely. you can see that in the picture of you and the picture that I've got. Um, although th- the reason I look a bit weird in my picture, there's there's a good reason for that. So I go up to them, and I ask for a picture. And so I'm like, "Hey, can I get a picture?" And it's like. Yeah, guys, sure. I think this is Ivor. I was like, you go, yeah, absolutely, you can have a picture. And um, and so then I, I get like in the middle of the two of them, and then I go, oh, can I touch the belt? Mm. And then Eric looks at me, and goes, what? No. And I went, oh, okay. Like, no, of course you can touch the belt. And so, <laughs> so I got, I gave the belt a wee touch, a wee pat. I didn't nice. hold it up or anything, the IWGB tag belt. And then we took the picture, but in my picture, which I have sent you previously, so it's it's, it's yes, in your text it's somewhere. In my camera room, um, I actually look really flustered because um <laughs> because I was really flustered from having that, that weird interaction. Oh yeah, I see. No, you can't touch the belt. You see how I look a wee bit weird though. You you wee bit flushed. Yeah, it's because they freaked me out. <laughs> and so I, I said thank you to Eric and Ivor and uh, we got we got our picture. I told them how much I loved their match, and uh, and that was it. But then I see um, Matt, Matt Cross. No, is it Flash Morgan Webster? I, I can't remember which one it was. I, it was either Matt Cross or... I got pictures with both of them. Um, I'm going to go into my wrestling 
photo album now on my phone because I've got a, a photo album simply with pictures that I've taken with wrestlers. Very clever, very clever. It's I really handy. Um, and I've got other things like, you know, meeting wrestling personalities and things like that. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, it was so I so Flash Morgan photobombed your picture with, with Matt Cross. Yeah. I, after meeting Eric and Ivor, went up to Matt Cross and asked for a picture. And uh, Keaton took the photographs, and I didn't look at them until I got home the next day. Like because it was, I was in such a buzz. I went yeah, home, yeah. and I, then it was WrestleMania, and so I didn't just didn't look at the pictures, you know. Um, yeah. And so I then um, looked back at the pictures the next day to realize that in the background, Eric of Eric and Ivor fame of the Viking Warrior Raider experience theme. <laughs> um, it's in the background photobombing us. And, this, and I still look a bit flustered in this picture because... <laughs> if you know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so I've got a bunch of pictures where he's doing this. So I posted it on Twitter the next day. And to, to, to um, um, Raymond Rose credit, um, Eric's credit, uh, he, he, uh, he retweeted it and he kind of gave me some laugh emojis, as I recall. Um, th- th- those tweets are non-existent now because I uh, restarted when I became a teacher. Yes. But... Um, but yeah, I, I, I've just thought it's quite funny. Is that um, is one thing having a picture with the a team that will hopefully be the Raw Tag Team Champions one day. Yes, but to also be photobombed by one of them as well, which I thought was. Really Do you know nice. what I mean? That's you know, I guess when you think of being photobombed by somebody, right? It's like an annoying thing, right? But do you know what that's like, that just that just shows from that experience is that those four guys that are clearly all pals, at least Matt Cross and the Wall Raiders are, right? Mm-hmm. Even I'm sure Flash Morgan is too, but like, they're still having a good time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not this formal signing. We're just all hanging out. Like the show's ended. We're getting a drink. They're trying to sell merch because they're independent wrestlers, and that's what you do. You know what I mean? You'd be daft not to. Um, and and they're all just like photobombing each other's pictures and going, "Of course you can touch the belt and stuff." Like it was just this chilled, nice experience. I did not feel like, "Oh my god, does the Wall Raiders?" You know what I mean? It was like. They just look like nice guys. I mean, they're, they're scary looking and they're big, but yeah. like they were just so friendly and warm and up for taking pictures and stuff. And yeah, just a good experience all around. I love meeting them. And it's a nice thing, especially because it was on the Indies before they went to yes, the WWE. Absolutely. It's a nice thing to then show off and, and talk about. I, I, and, uh, I, you know, it's always nice when there's every wrestling experience. Lots of people have met these guys. Lots of people meet these people. Uh, independent shows or at signings or at WWE events or whatever but every single meeting has its own little thing that makes it unique I feel whether it's yeah. just a how it made you feel or or or, or somebody photobombing so I think we'll put those out in the socials but we'll, yes. we'll big, big credit and thanks to Matt Cross as well for being such a star totally. and can I also just add that these wrestlers didn't charge us to take pictures with absolutely them. They, yep. they did it totally for free and they were well within their rights to charge us well within their rights yes um, that's what happens see if you were contracted to roh like i've told you that story about meeting the young bucks right they're all independent wrestlers but they've got a contract to wrestle on ring of honor right but they're independent wrestlers so they are doing the meet and greet for roh but they are still the ones charging for pictures and charging for autographs because that's the way it's going to pay their bills you know what i mean so although this wasn't this big formal signing you know, they're independent wrestlers. They need to charge for these things. And they were nice enough not to, which is really cool. I know. And so I really appreciate that. So thank you, Viking Raiders. Thank you for letting me touch the belt. And uh, <laughs> thank you for... Uh, I, I love what they're doing in WWE. Yeah, I agree. I love, I love their stuff last year with the Street Profits. And I love... Uh, I, you know, I hope their characters kind of continue to grow. I wouldn't like them to stay 
as the kind of yes. fun-loving Viking Warriors. I, I'd like them to have a good run like that with live audiences because I think that the, the audiences are clearly into them. Yeah, and but, I, I, raised, I raised this point yesterday, didn't I, when we were having a drink. I think yeah. they should be bigger stars than they are because they're great in the ring. They've got a good look. They've got a character. And you'd imagine the sort of wrestlers that Vince would like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not quite at that stage where like the crowd love them that much to the point where they're going to scream for them whatever they're placed on the card. But the wee thing they do after the match where they go like, war, 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 with like the hand signal and stuff, that, that can get over massive, you know? So I really hope they do take off because they're clearly nice guys and great in the ring, a great team, you know? All right, absolutely. So hats off to you. And I raise my mallet uh, and my shield to you, yes. Viking Raiders. And your uh, bowling ball that you used against the Street Profits. Oh, yeah. Um, it's almost like, you know, the way you see your favourite band in a real small venue supporting yeah. someone and then they're headlining download five years later. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I saw them when they were really wee. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I find that a lot. Like, I mean, Nicky Cross is a good example. You know what I mean? Like, sitting in, in the ring with her, you know, doing lockups and hammer locks and hip tosses and things like that. And now she's the Raw Women's Champion. It's like, wow, that's like a nice sort of full circle moment. So, um, yes, big thanks to the Bacon Raiders and your Raven, Matt Cross, man. He, how he's not signed to someone, I have no idea. He did an interview with Billy Kirkwood um, around that time. Yeah. And uh, Billy Kirkwood's like, so do you like the Scottish crowd? Do you like coming to ICW? And he was just, this his face just lit up. And he's like, if I could do my American Indies and I could do Lucha Underground for my main contract and strictly just do ICW every month, I would be the happiest man in the world. Like, he just was so happy to come over because he, he got such a great reception over here. He's so good in the ring. It kind of reminds me of, like, a modern-day kind of, like, Dean Malenko or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I was like, ever since Tough Enough in 2011, like, I knew who he was, and I was like, this guy's going to do great. And he was second eliminated. So even now, all these years later, I'm like, man, he needs to... Luch Underground was cool, but it was, like, a season thing on Netflix or whatever. He yeah. needs to be in a mainstream wrestling promotion. WWE might not be the right fit for him, but NXT, NXT UK, or AEW, even New Japan, would suit him lovely. I'd love to see him there. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Lovely sunny day. Right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 67. Um, 67! And, uh, very much. Very much. Thank you very much. And, and uh, go and listen to No More Words. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, well, I'm sure that, you, dear listeners, you can hear it playing now because Chris has just put it on. Um, and this podcast is ending. And do you know why the podcast is ending now, Chris? Not not, not the, the show, but just this episode is ending. Do you know why the show why is, is, that? Episode is ending? Because there's no more words. <laughs>